Good morning. Welcome to the last Sunday and the last day of 2024. When Jonathan asked me to bring the devotional today, I uh, quickly thought of something controversial to talk about. And I, I, I realized that's why you wanted to come this morning, to hear something controversial and to get all riled up. Um, but the controversial topic today is peas. And when Jonathan asked me, my, my twisted sense of humor went to a, a bumper sticker that I had seen in the late 80s, early 90s as a geology grad student. We, we spent a lot of time in vans roaming around the western United States. <clears throat> and we paid attention to the bumper stickers that we saw on cars uh, in parking lots. And uh, one of them that stuck out that I remembered was a bumper sticker that says, Visualize World Peas. <laughs> and uh, so I thought about peas just being controversial because I don't really like peas at all. <laughs> um, my mom would try to sneak peas into dishes just to, sometimes, I think, just to see if we would um, eat them. You know, and I don't mind peas in like pot pies or things like that, but um, just eating peas by themselves is not a, an enjoyable experience. So, um, but anyway, so, so my mind immediately went to world peas and, um, and then the corollary that, that came along with that was stop the violins, visualize world peas. So <laughs> that was... But really, the reason that I thought about it was because, you know, you think about wishes that people make for the new year, and it's like better health, I'm going to lose weight, you know, world peace, that's, that's where that came from. And um, uh, so it was, that's what led me to think about world peace. But let's talk about the real word, peace, um, in general, and, and what God has said, told us about peace in the world. And so I wanted to, to just focus on a few scriptures this morning uh, to look at that. So um, a lot of people wish for world peace. That's, that's and in, in this day and age, we, we see that. There are wars, there are police actions, there are um, just simple misunderstandings that cause conflict in the world uh, today. And, and it's really because of several things, but it's really because of our own sin nature. Um, it's egos, it's pride, envy, lust, greed, even, like I said, just miscommunication uh, with people that cause uh, a lack of peace in the world today. And, and we have to realize that, that peace on a large scale is temporary um, because of the sin nature of man. It's always going to come back and bite us, and uh, and so uh, our ability to impact peace uh, may be very limited on an individual basis, or even a even all of us in this room, uh, our our impact may be small. But but if we look closer on a personal level to families, friends, coworkers, neighbors, even within ourselves, then then we can uh, really think about. Uh, having a peace uh, that that we can do something about, and so it's 
And as I got to thinking about this, it's really a reflection. Peace is really a reflection of our conscience, our satisfaction, our sense of well-being. It's a reflection of our relationship with God. As image bearers of God, we have a need, a longing to be in a right relationship with him. And whether we want to admit it or not, our sense of peace is a direct reflection of that. Uh, the Old Testament is littered with instances of peace being shattered by sin. Satan has an uncanny ability to find someone that will act upon his urging. Uh, from the beginning of time, from Cain and Abel, the peace of God that God established in the Garden of Eden, the original peace has been broken by the sins of man. And it only took a few generations to get from Adam to Noah, and that's when God had had enough. And in Genesis 6, um, as the story of Noah is unfolding, uh, Genesis 6, 11 through 13 says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence, and God saw the earth. And behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. The universal symbol for peace is a dove with an olive branch, and that comes from the end of the story where Noah sent doves out to check on the flood. And the first dove he sent came back empty-handed. Um, and he waited a while. The second dove came back and returned with an olive leaf. And so that's how Noah knew that the flood was, was subsiding, and so that has become the, the symbol for peace. Um, you see doves being released in all manner of uh, uh, ceremonies, but that's, that's where that comes from. But it didn't last long. Noah's children and the generations that followed continued to struggle, even some that were trying to live righteously. Um, they, they struggled with their own nature. And the sacrifices, even the sacrifices that were made at the temple, disturbed the model of peace that God had initially created in the Garden of Eden. Um, and that had, had uh, come about because he needed to bring the law uh, to the people because of their sin. God demonstrates throughout the Bible from Adam, from, A from Adam, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, David, and Solomon, all the kings, the prophets, the judges that came afterward, that peace cannot be achieved by man. It, it's, it's just not within our grasp alone uh, to achieve and maintain peace, but only through him. We can only do it uh, through God. So only the coming of Christ changes the focus of where peace resides, of where peace can be achieved and where peace is to flourish. As we move past Christmas, I'll repeat a passage from Isaiah that foretold this, and we've already heard it at least once, maybe twice uh, during this Christmas season, but it's from Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And I'll repeat that last sentence. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And I'll add a word. Only the Lord of hosts can do this. This is part of God's plan all along, was to send the Prince of Peace 
to overcome defeat and the, the debilitating effects of sin, to be the ultimate sacrifice and to be the Prince of Peace. But let's look at Christ's words directly. He may contradict our understanding, and he definitely contradicted the understanding of some of the people that recognized him initially as Messiah, that when peace can be achieved on the earth. In Matthew 10, 34 through 37, he speaks about his role. Do not think that I have come, about, come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. God's gift of peace is not given to all humanity, only those that believe to those that God calls to himself. This doesn't guarantee our lives here on the earth will be peaceful, and in this instant doesn't guarantee that we will have peace within our own families. The sword in this passage refers to the separation that occurs between belief and unbelief. As long as Satan is at work, as long as people do not recognize Christ as Savior, the Savior that God sent for our sins, world peace, even down to our families, will be impossible. During Christ's ministry, he often told those that believed, go in peace. The term shalom in the Old Testament and its Greek equivalent, irene, in the New Testament, give the sense of total well-being. It's a gift of God that God allows us to alleviate worry, worry about our families, about our cities, our countries, our jobs, about all the other things that we can't control. To coin a phrase, Christ has told us, I've got this, and that we should have peace about it because he always comes through on his promises. So as we go into 2024, remember that God blesses all those who believe with the knowledge that no matter what's going on around us, we can have the peace that only he can provide. We stand securely in God's grace and salvation rather than his judgment. All other things pale in comparison, just noise that we could ignore it's the peace, the joy, the hope that transcends all understanding. Jonathan spoke about this in the Christmas Eve service, and it extends well past uh, the Christmas season. It, it can extend in our lives every day in the new year, and that's because of Christ. Let's quickly look at a couple of passages uh, in the book of John where Jesus is talking to the disciples um, in the Last Supper. John 14, 27 is the first Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not our hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then later on, he is still talking to the disciples at the Last Supper in John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I can't really think of a a more clearer way to express um, the peace that, that Christ has given to us. So take him at his word. And it, please, if you are searching today and you feel a need, feel a hole in your life uh, that Christ can fill, please come and talk to any one of us that you've seen up here today or talk to, to other uh, staff, elders that are here in the, in the uh, congregation this morning. So in conclusion, world peace? I don't think so. I've never been a fan, but I know some of you have been. So.
Um, I'll take the peace of Christ any day and every day in, in 2024. So let's prepare our hearts for communion, and we're going to revisit a passage from the Old Testament now, and I'd actually like to ask you to stand and uh, read along with me. It's from number six. It is a blessing that God uh, gave to Moses and to Aaron for the people, and he said, and repeat, please join me, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. 